was. Hi, Sean. Hi. Uh, and you've just said your team meeting as well, which I'm guessing has, has gone well. Three wins out of five in, in all competitions. Must be a pretty good week so far. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we've been building on early season performances, but changing that to get results. Um, the details I spoke about, uh, both ends of the pitch are improving. Um, the will, the demand has been obvious, I think, from the players to make sure that we do improve in them uh, metrics and, and take our chances and be solid the other end. So a good mix so far, or certainly recently, um, bringing early season form but without results into form plus results. Um, in the one-all against Brighton, you had only 20% of the ball. Do you think possession football and all this talk around that, is it overrated? I don't think it's overrated. I think there's certain games need uh, require certain ways of playing. Um, we, we hope to do better with the ball, I must make that clear, um, particularly on counter-attacking uh, when we got in so many good positions. Um, but on the other side, the defensive side was very good, very pleasing. The will, demand, the energy of the side and the commitment to... to well, basically, let them or sorry, stop them from creating many chances. They get a lucky break. Sometimes that happens. They're a very good side. Um, but no, I think we've we've seen a balance this season of of the way that we can perform. We've seen games where we've dominated with the ball um, and the metrics with the ball. Um, I spoke about that more early in the season, xG, etc. Um, but it's it's pleasing for me as the manager to see different ways of affecting games because over a season in the Premier League, I think I'm I'm pretty experienced in it. You know, unless you're the superpowers, um, particularly, you know, historically over the last number of years, Man City, I think you have to flex and change. And that's what I've learned about the Premier League. And I think we're showing signs that we can do that and the players can do that. Um, VAR, it seems a conversation that you could have every single week. But I know you were, there were some issues for you last week. Are, are we any nearer or further away, do you think, from a bit of clarity? Across well, the I think it's a tough call. They're, they're altering it, they're changing it. Officials in general, they're, they're trying to promote new officials, they're trying to get growth in the officials and, uh, you know, they're, um, how they can, they can blend into the Premier League. It's not easy. It's not easy for the governing bodies to do that, not easy for the referees either. I've said for many years that the three highest demands on a match day are the two managers and the referee. Um, within that, I think there's just some things that we think commonsensically could be better and I think quicker. And I think that's probably where we, we just get a little bit lost in it as managers and coaches and players, and I think the fans as well. I spoke recently, and I'm still a fan of it, I've got to be honest, because the margins are tight and they're, they're very, very important. It's top-level sport and it's top-level outcomes um, and, and financially can be massive difference you know, in football um, from, from, from big, important decisions. I just spoke recently about, you know, even with, there's always a rule for a rule and there seems to be a rule for every VR situation when you could take all that away and just put it, put more strength in the VR people and go, look, you know, we've had two this season, you know what they are, massive decisions that were clearly obvious to everyone in the stadium that didn't get um, corrected because of a certain reason why they're not allowed to correct them. For me, there should be an override. If it's a bad decision, it's a bad decision, end off. Don't need rule to decide a bad decision. They should go, right, that's it, that's a bad decision and change it. Um, it's not as easy as I'm suggesting, I'm sure of that, because everyone will have a different view. But I think there's a more commonsensical way that it can work, and I think they are trying to find that. Um, on the other hand, the demand of it is quite obvious. You know, s stories of referees speak to the crowd and all this sort of stuff. You know, my personal Nirvana is referees go under the radar, allowed to do their job, and they do it so well, we hardly notice them, not bring them to the fore. But that's only a personal opinion. I've got a lot of respect for referees, I think it's a hard job. Yeah, just on that, do you think the discourse at the moment, are we fair to referees? Because there's so much spotlight on them and, you know, it's such a difficult job. But that's the thing, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I can't understand the spotlight in the sense of you could, you could change that because, you know, this idea of I spoke after the Liverpool game, people running over to the screen and we, we'll know what's going 
well, we all more or less know what the outcome's going to be. So it just adds more spotlight on it. Take that away, make it quicker, make it more streamlined. Personally, I don't, I don't need to hear from the referee and the VAR. I don't think the stadium needs to hear it. It's a decision it's made. We get on with it. Um, you know, I think it's a hard job. I think I was hoping when the VAR first came in, it was streamlined and every season it was, and to a point when we all got used to it and it was pretty quick. It seems to recently have gone the other way. Um, and the demand gets higher. And, you know, even if, a, in my opinion, this is a purely my opinion, if a referee had the ability to speak to everyone in the stadium, everyone presupposes because they explained it, they'd all agree. Of course they wouldn't agree. Football fans, as if they're all going to agree. They're still not going to agree. So therefore, I just don't, I can't see that. I think allow them to go out the spotlight, do their jobs. I think they have a really tough task as referees. We ask a lot of them. So my personal belief is just help them. Don't, don't keep adding more level to it and layers to it. Just take that all away. Make it all quieten down and let them get on with their jobs. Uh, and finally, for me, back to the football. Crystal Palace away on Saturday. Does the team find it easier, perhaps, playing away from home than home at the moment? No, I don't think so. I think the the, the um, I've spoken recently about this. The, the results change that um, perception. Uh, I think the performance has been really strong at home. Um, the results change the whole feel like that. Um, I think we've been. I think we've actually been strong often home and away. There's been a few that have got away from us. We know that. Um, hopefully, we've corrected some of them things. Um, but no, Palace is good club, fantastic manager um, Ray Lewin as well. People are holding absolute high regard. Um, so I look forward to seeing them. But obviously, all the respect goes out the window when the whistle blows. Um, Sean, just picking up on that, can I ask you about your thoughts on Roy Hodgson? Because he seems to get better with age, doesn't he? He was retired a couple of times. I tell him I every time I see him, I would tell him like this week, what are you doing? So I say, what, what are you doing this for? Come on, mate. You know what I mean? In a lovely way, you understand. Um, Terrific fella, always been terrific me. When I was younger, coming through, whenever I met him, come across him. I know him a bit through um, some work and connection I've done with leaders in sport as well. He's always at them events, very, speaks very wisely. And Ray Lewinton, who was my manager who, uh, at Watford, and you know, I've always got on fantastic with Ray. He's a great gaffer as well. So, you know, I like a lot of what they are and what they do. Um, respect them, and that's without a shadow of a doubt. But they know, and I know, the whistle blows, as I said, and, and that all goes out the window for however long the referee plays. And then afterwards, hope to go and see him. Afterwards, Hope to go and see him and, and have a chat. Has Roy ever given away any of those secrets? No, I don't think he works in that way. I really don't. I think he's quite, obvi- uh, quite open, sorry. I think he believes in what he's done. He's formed it over many, many years and many experiences. I think he sticks to how he, he works with players and how he believes in the game. And it's paid him back. It's served him very, very well and he's still going. Um, I certainly won't be. I'll tell him that every time. So, okay, I'm not doing one of your age, mate. But it's a marvel to the fact he's still got the bug and the heart and desire to keep doing it. And Ray as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on Crystal Palace, uh, especially recently? Because obviously, before last weekend, I think it was one win in six. They then win last weekend, and the narrative changes to they've taken seven points from from fifteen. Well, that's life in the Premier League. That's life at uh, clubs who are not the superpowers. You have the ups and downs, the ins and outs. Um, good club, Roy's done a good job. They, 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 you know, like all clubs, I think of, of that kind of ilk, like trying to find that blend, you know, a side that can play, a side that can fight, a side that can get points on the table, and it's a, it's a challenge, it's simple as that. So they've had a, a bit of an awkward spell. Um, I think Roy spoke, what seemingly, I'd, I've seen the game on, on a screen, not live, but he spoke pretty honestly after the Birmingham, and he felt they didn't play that well, but they got the result. That's sometimes what you have to do. And concentrating on Everton specifically for this one, any changes in the team news for this one? Uh, no, a couple of knocks um, with uh, Amadou and... Um, Jared's got a bit of a knock but we're not expecting too much from Dukes uh, had a bit of sickness but they've all been on the grass today so we're hopeful on them Hopeful on Anana coming back 
Yeah, I think he should be. Um, I say they've been on the grass late, as we know. Still see how that reacts tomorrow. Um, but he's managed that well. He's done well to get through the games he did. Hopefully, we've managed that well with him as well. And uh, it's calmed down. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. We'll go to Julia at Radio Music. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sure. Um, in the under-21 game this week, uh, Yusuf Chibiti, Lewis Dobbin, Jao Virginia, Seamus Coleman all, all featured in that. I guess the big one there is Seamus Coleman. He lasted over an hour. Is he in contention for this game? Yeah, I mean, it's important these games because we want to you know, stimulate the players to, to get back to full fitness, full sharpness. Um, the games programme can be awkward, uh, ranging games. So it was a game that we felt they could um, get something from, particularly Seamus, of course. He's still coming back to true fitness, but he's doing great. He's, he's put a lot of uh, um, effort into getting back to real fitness levels. He's desperate to get back involved, you can imagine, and be around it. But he's been terrific since he's been back around the group, and that helps. Um, Youssef getting a goal and working very hard. Um, Dobbo needed a game, playing well. You know, and, and you know some good good habits, and I'm pleased for the, the young players to come through that. Um, you know, another good sign of a group working hard to get a result. And I saw your interview this week where you mentioned about Deli Ali having a conversation with you about how he understood what you wanted to do about direct play. I just wondered if he has been helping maybe in training while he can't play, you know, on a match day. And also, the fans will want me to ask, are we expecting him sooner rather than later? No, he's still got a bit of way to go. Um, but no, I wanted to try and keep him involved. I, I think he's, he's in a good place as a person. I like the fact he absorbs it. He's been He's had some amazing experiences, don't forget. People sometimes do forget that um, for still a relatively young player. And I was just chatting to him about it. I just said, you know, because I want to try and keep him involved in what we're trying to do with the group. Because it's hard when you're out for that long. You know, it really is. And he's been through a lot over that period as well. And it was just a conversation I had with him. And he just brought something up that I thought was really important and shared it with the players. I said, look, having a honest conversation. And he described it very well about, you know, this idea of direct play. People pre presuppose that means kicking the ball. But it doesn't. And he, he was on it, you know, straight away. He said, no, no, I get exactly what you mean. You know, can you play forwards as a first thought? Um... And he said, maybe the players need a, a bit more correcting with that. So I told the players in the conversation, you know, I will try and be open with the players and I want their feedback. I want them to let us know if they're not understanding something. More than happy for them to question things and, and ask whys and wherefores. Um, and he did that in a very, a very good manner. And I just thought it was important to share it and share the belief I have in all the players when they do feedback. So we do listen. Manager in the making, maybe then. Well, who knows, but he certainly <laughs> had a lot of experiences. Um, might stand him in good stead later on in life if he decides to go down that route. Um, Vitaly Mikolenko's form um, you know, is, is winning a lot of praise right now. I just wondered what you made of his progress since you've arrived here and also how he's linking up with Dwight McNeil now he's getting his fitness back. Yeah, I think that, you know, Miko finished uh, the last season injured, which is not ideal. Got injured early this season. It was an awkward spell of, of niggly injuries. Um, he came through the international scene and come back here fitter and he's done very well I, I, you know as soon as I got here I liked what I was seeing I think it's still lots of development in him uh, he defends very well he defends a, a very uh, high level kind of um, modern controlled aggression you know he's good on his feet he wants to defend but not, not silly stuff just, just the way he competes and I think it's growing all the time I think he's really improving I'm, I've really enjoyed his performances and Abdoulaye Decoré has decided that in January he's going to stay here he won't be part of the Africa Cup of Nations. What does that mean to you as a manager and what's been the reaction within the squad to that? Well, I've always been respectful of players uh, on the international scene because I think it's valid. Um, you know, it means a lot to him to do that and play for countries and, and their like. So I think in his case, he's, he's old enough and wise enough to make decisions. You know, it's not something he, he needed to speak in depth to me about. Um, and it was a decision that he's made. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks, Julian. We'll go to Ian at the Press Association. <coughs>
Just a quick one, Sean. There's been speculation again about Ben Godfrey and his future. Is he still in your plans? Uh, yeah, he's, he's doing terrifically well for us. He's, he's training very well. He's, he's staying sharp and ready. Um, the hardest thing we've had lately is the games programme to try and keep the players who are not quite playing uh, starting in the first team and try and keep them uh, game ready. But he, he looks after himself, super fit fella, and, he, and he's going along well and, he, and he's ready. Yeah, what, does it, is there anything more you're looking for him to get back into the side? Well, I think it's fair to say currently it's tough. I think the two centre-halves are playing very, very well and, and most people are speaking outside of my deci- uh, my opinion and decision. I think most people accept that. And sometimes centre-half I was one, it's tough, you know, because you want to play. Um, but I think there's an honesty to most centre-halves in the sense when they look at someone and think they are playing well, they know they've got to sit tight. And I think he does know that. I think he's a very good player, but he's looking at two centre-halves currently on very, very strong form. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Any further questions on the draw protection, George? Hi, Sean. Yeah, Amadou Anon has been in great form and he currently ranks fourth in the league for successful long balls um, with only Rodri, Thiago Silva and Moises Caicedo ahead of him. Um, he's currently averaging twice as many as last season. Rodri, um, is he allowed to pass it long? <laughs> How dare he? When I see him, I should tell him off. Um, what would you put the improvement down to from a technical standpoint? Because obviously he's been really strong defensively. Um, is it simply just a case of um, his second season in England, he's more confident or maybe something you've worked on? I think it's, um, he's maturing as a player. I think he's realised uh, the defensive responsibility better. I think he's doing it better. I think he's seeing the game quicker, um, which I've spoken well, endlessly about to him and shown him some clips. Him and Jimmy, to be fair. You know, Ghana's slightly different with his maturity. He, he sees things a bit quicker and... I've spoken to Amadou and Jimmy about the importance of their positional sense, um, whilst trying to allow them the freedom to play as well, because they can both play. Um, they're, they're very good on the ball, I think, and I think there's more to come. Um, and then putting in the hard yards, because the, the top midfield players historically have always covered the ground. And I think he's, he's improved with that, the mental aspect of, of just good, the, the literal basics of working really hard as a midfield player. And like I say, you've got Ghana there with his experience rubbing off on him. Um, Duke slightly differently playing a more advanced role, but there's a there's a, a good group there I think of, of midfield players who can r- uh, rub off on each other. What do you think his uh, ceiling is? I think like any player, you can you can go as hard as you want for as long as you want. I mean, you know, I look at Youngie and I look at Sheamus. You know, they're they're still working hard at their game. I think the the, the way that I've always worked is not about age; it's about desire, it's about the will, it's about you know what you want from yourself. And I think. For the younger players here, you know, the, the, the world of football is open to them. So, uh, you know, I don't put any limits on them. You know, just keep improving, keep being hungry to improve all of the time. I think that's the message from me.